Social media is an incredibly powerful tool when it comes to spreading positivity, helping out people, providing relief and more. You must have noticed this during the COVID pandemic when people were extending help through the use of social media platforms like WhatsApp, Twitter, Facebook and more. But all these wonderful social media platforms can have a dark side too when people try to put you down troll you, spread negativity, spread rumors and spread hate. And this problem has really become rampant, especially amongst the youth, which can really break your confidence and lead you into this vicious cycle of serious mental health implications. On the podcast today, I had a pleasure of hosting Raquel Boras, who created a safe social network for the youth. Through her platform, Raquel engages with young minds from across the globe on topics which are often less talked about or are considered as taboo topics in the society. Her journey has been one of a kind from going through mental health issues and depression early in her childhood to now actually advocating for it, spreading positivity and inspiring people from across the globe to follow the passion and to follow their heart. I promise you that through this video you are going to learn a lot about building a brand, mental health and just appreciate the beautiful world we all live in. Now without any further ado, let's just jump right in and hear out from Raquel. Welcome to the podcast, Raquel. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is indeed a pleasure hosting you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm excellent. It's a pleasure to be a guest on your show. Thank you. Thanks so much, Raquel, for coming on the show. And I'm really glad that I came across the amazing work and the amazing community that you are building at Rockvision. Thanks to social media, it is such an honor to be speaking to you today. So Raquel, let's kick this off with you telling us a bit more about your background and how you essentially came up with this idea behind the fascinating world of Rockvision and what's the story behind it. All right. So uh, I, I suppose my story began right before COVID because um, I was in the corporate world and I decided to go out on my own as an entrepreneur at age 45, 44. I'm trying to think how old I am now. I'm 46, but I was uh, 44 at the time, right? Okay. I know COVID makes everything a blur, right? The timeline. But I decided to go out on my own to do personal branding, to be a strategist. But then, you know, the pandemic hit. So everything took a shift for everybody, I believe. And for me, it took a shift in the sense that um, I wanted to showcase kids because being a mom, I have a 20 and a 17 year old. And I felt that, you know, already our teenagers especially are struggling with their their image, their confidence mental health and all of it because of social media. And then you add the pandemic where they're isolated, you know, that's, that's really difficult. So I wanted to hear their perspective and hear what they had to say. So I started rock the boat, the YouTube channel where I'm talking to kids. And then my friend Jason came to me about uh, creating a platform for kids 17 and under, and then that's called Rock Vision. So I'm doing multiple things, but at the end of the day, uh, it's all about empowering our youth and giving them a voice and hearing what they have to say because they're our future. So it's really important to understand where they're at and, um, and just do the best that we can to help those younger generations because, like I said, they're our future. You're our future because you, you seem young. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm just, 
Yeah, I'm actually 22 right now. Okay, so yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> you could be my child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what intrigued me about Rock Vision personally. Uh, first of all, uh-huh. it was this amazing cause of building out a uh, safe space for the youth and mm-hmm. uh, where they could just get together, share their ideas, probably their innovation and creativity without the fear of being judged. and also because of the fact that you as a leader have this extremely positive aura on linkedin and uh, around you as well and have seen a lot of your interviews on youtube and i could feel the positivity through the videos right there and that has what uh, that is what has inspired me to dig deeper into planning this whole episode for the podcast today and you have also had a pretty interesting career for quite a while in the mortgage industry so how was that experience for you and what are some of the major learnings you got through that career which essentially helped you become a superstar in the branding and social media space uh you're sweet saying i'm a superstar thank you um so i was in the mortgage industry and and i the last position i had there was branding and marketing but oddly enough i just went back into the mortgage industry about 6 weeks ago and i'm still doing branding and marketing And so that's something that I talk about too because entrepreneurship it's difficult. It really is. And a lot of times, you know, you want to pursue your passion, your purpose, but it's really difficult to monetize it. So right now I'm in that place where the reality is I have to pay my bills, I have to be able to support myself. So I was I'm very blessed right now, I will tell you this, that going back into the mortgage industry and doing branding and marketing, I I have made sure I stood my ground before I took the position and said, "Listen, I really spent, you know, the last 2 years focusing on what I'm doing with the youth empowerment, really focusing on my brand, and I don't want to give that up. But I don't want that to just go by the wayside. That that's something that I really worked hard at. And so for me it was really important for the company that I'm working for to understand that I need to be able to do both. And luckily they've been incredibly supportive. And if anything they see the value of the fact that I do speak to our youth and our and our younger generations because if you think about it in the mortgage industry it's about home ownership and trying to put, you know, people in in homes and at some point our younger generations are going to want to buy homes and they need to understand the process and it's difficult. So if anything I kind of want to start educating the the youth on 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 that because we all talk about how in school we never were taught how to balance our checkbook. We never t- were taught what an um APR interest rate was on a credit card. So then we go to college or we start making money, we don't know how to how to um manage our money. <laughs> and then we go into debt and you know all of those things right so it's really important so i want to bridge the gap if you will so it's kind of cool that people might think oh you're in the mortgage industry that has nothing to do with what you're doing no it actually it does in the sense that I, now i can tap into that into that market so wow, it worked out perfectly <laughs> that that's really incredible and i want to add on to what you just said over here about transferability of skills and uh, which you gain through trying different thing, things or taking on different career paths like you just highlighted uh, the uh, the skills which you learned through the mortgage industry you worked as yeah. a personal branding and a, a marketing manager over there as well and that has helped you uh, while building out rakvision as well and yeah. who knew that i as someone who you know used to write blogs and poems 
would uh, venture into an entirely different world of podcasting and honestly the skills the confidence and the knowledge i've gained along the way hosting incredible people like yourself is immeasurable and yes. i wouldn't ever have got a better chance to boost my confidence and according to me the best thing is that all of the skills which you gain while trying your hands on different things prepare mm-hmm. you for the future and you are always ready to take on the challenges which you uh, which come your way now coming yeah now coming on to talking a little bit about mental health especially in this era mm-hmm. uh where there is so much going on not just on social media but also around you uh around your community and there is this kind of a repressive mindset which is forming especially amongst the youth to bring others down by using hate speech or trolling which lead you into this vicious cycle where you lose confidence in yourselves and people are around you so how do you avoid that in your experience and what are some of those things which we as residents of a modern society should focus on to address or overcome this issue Well, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. When I was your age and I was younger, a teenager, I mean, we didn't have social media, we didn't have phones, so we didn't have, you know, if, if I made a mistake or if I did something wrong, I didn't have someone pull out a phone and take a picture of it or post about it. So that right there, I can't even imagine what it feels like for kids nowadays to feel like everybody's watching every single move that they make. So that pressure in itself. Um, it's awful. So that's why I feel that it's so important as adults and just as a society to really talk about how we have to stop judging each other and that we are human and that we do make mistakes. It's part of being a human being. And um and that's something that I don't know how we can fix that because I know that when I suffered from depression, I didn't have all of those elements that were affecting me mine was just i wanted to be perfect like most people want to be perfect yes. but most people think that they need to be perfect cuz that's what they see on social media they see all these filters these edits so of course everybody's life looks really pretty and you know life isn't pretty all the time and so i i just know personally that i went into a very dark place and you know i came to a point where I didn't want to live anymore. I mean, I I attempted suicide when I was in at in college because I just was in such a dark dark place. And so now when I talk about it, um, you know, I feel like when I do talk to to kids, especially teenagers, at least I have this empathy. Like I understand how they feel, but at the same time, I don't just because of of what social media has done in the pandemic and everything. So that's that's the difficult part, but I feel that the way I can help and kind of set a an ex, a good example is be someone that when I do put myself on social media, I put myself as a 100% me. So I purposely put myself out there just the way I am. So if you meet me in person, I'm the same person you see on social media. Anybody everybody that meets me in person says the same thing. They're like, "Wow, you're just like you are." <laughs> you know on LinkedIn or Instagram I'm like well that's the point right is to is to be 100% authentic and 100% you so I try to walk the walk cuz I think unfortunately there's too many people that are still you know doing everyone else a disservice by pretending that everything's perfect or by pretending that you know you're 50 something and you have no wrinkles because you have this perfect filter <laughs> Um 
So I think that's where I try to be as vocal as I possibly can of just be like, hey, just even if you don't look flattering in every picture, it's okay because <laughs> we don't look flattering all the time. <laughs> or, you know, I even posted yesterday, I think it was or it was on Thanksgiving, I posted a picture of me and my ex-husband's dog because my kids refused to take a picture with me. You know, like my kids don't want to take the typical picture. They're like, no, thanks, mom, because they know I want to put it on social media and they think it's ridiculous. They laugh at me. They're like, mom, why do you have to post stuff on social media with us? Like, and, and it was a, it's a good lesson because they're teaching me, hey, mom, as long as we know that you love us and we love you, why do you have to tell the whole world? What do you have to prove? And if you think about it, a lot of us feel like we have to prove something. And so that's why we post a lot of times on social media and it's, we don't have to prove ourselves. Why? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, I have Since... to prove I'm a good mom. And the only way to prove I'm a good mom is that I have a, you know, a perfect picture with me and my kids where we look perfect. And that's just not the, that's just not how it should be. <laughs> that's not the way it works. I mean, in real no, life. No, it's not. Taste. But unfortunately too many of us think it does. Cause that's what we, when we scroll through our social media, that's what we see. And, you know, I'm 46. I still compare myself with other women my age or younger women. So, you know, for me to tell kids, don't compare yourself and, you know, who cares what other people say? It's it's hard because we we as adults still <laughs> buy into that. It's it's not as easy. You know, it's easier said than done. Everything is always easier said than done. <laughs> I think you should just compete with yourself to be a better version of yourselves all the time. And that really yes. helps. Yes, but I also believe that experience, age, all of those things have to kind of come into play for 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 your age group. Um, I know for me, you know, here I'm 46 and I'm just starting to feel like I'm coming into my own and and really kind of not caring what other people think and really understanding who I am. But it does take time. So that's another thing too is we have to allow our kids to be kids. We have to allow them to make those mistakes. I mean, we did, and I don't, and I think we're, we're in this world right now with social media that our kids feel like they have to grow up much quicker and they have to be perfect. And I think honestly, that's adding to a lot of the suicide epidemic is that if something goes wrong and everybody knows they feel it's the end of the world, they really do feel like, well, what's the point of moving forward when I, I effed up, I messed up and everybody knows it. I mean, that's a horrible feeling. Yes, it is. That's and an awesome uh, that message was also brought in by this, you know, Netflix series called The Social Dilemma, which yes. showcased exactly what you just said right now. Like people are just trying to compare themselves and just trying to put beautiful pictures of their own on social media and they pretend to be someone else. They are not. So, yeah. That, so yeah, that was... Yeah, it's 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 a difficult thing to to fix. It's not something that we're going to be able to fix overnight, that's for sure. Um but I feel that, you know, with Rock the Boat, at least having conversations with kids and just at least giving them a voice and listening to what they have to say and trying to empower them, I feel like that's at least a little step <laughs> towards something. You know, like I don't want to be that person that's really cynical or jaded or just wants is going to give up. I don't want to I don't I want to always have faith and have hope that everything is going to be okay. And so that's why I do those things where some people can think like, oh, well, that's not going to make a difference. I truly believe that the tiniest little thing can make a difference that, you know, one person that you impact or you inspire. I mean, who's to say 
what that'll do for them and how that'll affect somebody else. So I do believe in, in that ripple effect that you yes. don't have to do something grandiose or something huge in order to, to make an impact. You can do the tiniest little things, you know, just being kind, just in your everyday life, the way you walk through life, opening the door for someone, smiling at someone, saying, how are you? All those little things truly can make a difference. I, I really believe that. So that's why I, I do that in my own life. And I feel like as long as I can control what I'm doing, you know, because I can't control what the rest of the world is doing. Yeah. And I sincerely believe that if you can educate even one person, that person can go out to educate others as well. So that Absolutely. kind of emphasizes what you uh, wanted to, you know, put up here. And yeah. uh, since you talked, uh, since you laid a lot of emphasis on social media and its ill effects, so I've also seen your social media profile, especially LinkedIn and your YouTube channel. It's quite <laughs> amazing. And uh, can you, can you uh, just give us tips on how to create a great social media profile? Since yes, I've seen well, your uh, LinkedIn uh, file video recently um, and that was really <laughs> that was really awesome well it's funny because there was a linkedin connection of mine that had a video a, a music video and i thought i want to do that and i thought it was perfect to do rock the boat since it's the name of my youtube channel so it, was, it is kind of funny but um i will tell you this with linkedin because so many people kind of focus on where i'm at right now with linkedin but i have to remind people that i've been on that platform for eight years most people that already have you know notoriety if you will or, or a visibility or presence they've been on it just for a couple years, but it's because the people that come on that are newer to the platform are able to essentially, you know, there's some hacks, there's some, you know, some things that you can do to kind of up your, your following and so forth. For me, I, I came on to LinkedIn totally different. I wasn't on Facebook. Uh, Instagram had just started. And the only reason why I was in Instagram was because my kids were on there. So I didn't really utilize that. So I felt that LinkedIn was kind of the only thing for me at the time, because I just went into the corporate world. I'd just gotten divorced and I just kind of took my time on there. I really just studied it. I really made it a point to connect with people that made sense. It's still like that for me. I still don't accept every connection request. Um, I really take my network and my community seriously. Like for me, it's really about building relationships. For some people, it's about numbers and just getting the most views and getting the most, you know, engagement and just those vanity metrics. But I think that I've managed to create a really incredible community because I care about those people and I get on Zoom calls with them all the time. Um, you know, like for me, I, I, I'm just, I'm about relationships. It's funny because I tell people, you know, yeah, I'm all about social media and branding because it's my job, but I still see the value in that connection with a human being, <laughs> you know, like that is never, that's never going to fade. I don't care how much, you know, technology is going to advance and how much, you know, we're going to kind of tap into just this online thing. I think that relationships, that the, the connection with human to human is always going to be invaluable. And I know that. And so that's why I feel that um, I do have kind of the community that I do. I really take pride in the people that are in my network. I have some incredible people in my network. Um, and so I'm really proud of that. Like, that's what I'm proud about. Like, I could care less about the numbers and all of those things. It's, it's, it's the people that I can have, that I have access to now. 
That's really awesome and yeah. valuable. And uh, what do you think about building a personal brand in this age of the social media and maybe very soon in the age of metaverse and NFTs? Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, not once again, like for no notoriety. Like I think it's important because I feel that I'm where I'm sitting today because I was out there showcasing who I was and my interest and my passion. So then what it does is I feel like it just allows you to get closer to that because then people know what it is that you want in life. And if then those people that are like-minded or kind of believe in what you have to say and align with what your values are there, then you're going to get the opportunity to, um, to essentially get closer to your dream and your goals. That's how I feel because there's so many people that, you know, don't put themselves out there and then they complain about not meeting certain people or people not knowing what they want. I'm like, well, nobody can read minds, right? Like I don't, it's because I told people like my passion is doing is this, or my interest is this. So then people knew exactly what it is that I want in life. And so then it gives me the opportunities. And I feel like it's more about opportunities as opposed to a fame or just people knowing who you are and your personal brand to me is just an extension of, of who you are. Like you're not creating a persona. You're just putting you out there. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Um, and I think that's why I managed to kind of do that without even knowing that I was doing that. I mean, personal branding wasn't a thing when I was doing it. <laughs> I just was putting myself out there. And then, and then I laugh cause I'm like, wow, who knew that I would end up in a world that's like really popular right now. <laughs> the whole personal branding thing where for me it was just, or it, or it organically happened. I think that's the coolest part for me <laughs> that it was never intentional. Now it's intentional, but in the beginning it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, now you need it because, uh, you need to, you know, get those, uh, relevant opportunities and that could be very easily done through social media if you leverage it carefully. And I also yeah. think of it as building your own thought leadership and getting those exciting opportunities through the power of personal branding, which I believe has, uh, you know, become a must have skill in this era. So yeah. how are you managing your entire work right now as compared to the pre COVID times? especially since there has been a boom in hybrid or remote working culture. And mm -hmm. did you face any challenges adapting to that? And what were some of the major learnings which you gained along the way? Well, I will tell you this, that when I did go out on my own in January and then COVID hit in March, I'm a huge extrovert. And when I was working, I was traveling all the time. And I was at conferences and I was surrounded by people every all all day long. So when COVID hit and I was isolated, I was worried that that was going to affect me. But if anything, it was probably the best thing for me because it really made me uh, reflect. I really had to kind of listen to my inner voice. I learned to follow my intuition much better, my gut, all of those things. So for me, it was like the best thing was to be out on my own because I, I, I live by myself. I mean... And I don't even have any pets. I didn't even have any plants. I finally got some plants. So now I talk to my plants. But um, I initially, like, totally on my own. But I have to tell you, it was like I was mentally in the best place I think I'd ever been, ironically enough. Um, so for me, it was the best thing to be kind of isolated. And now that I'm going back into the workplace and I'm remote, 
I will tell you, it is a little bit of an adjustment because I am, once you, like being in the corporate world, I used to always go to an office and now I'm working remotely. I have computers in my home, but I think it's a good balance for me because I can be in my PJs <laughs> and still be on calls. And then, you know, there's days that I have to go out and I'm out all day and it's great. So I... I'm, I'm managing it fine personally. Like I know there's a lot of people out there that it's incredibly difficult, but for me, like I personally think a lot has to do with the fact that I've really, because of my depression and because of where I've been for me, mindset is everything. It's really, really important. And I've worked so hard on having a really positive mindset and on a mindset where every day I wake up, I wake up with gratitude. I really do. Like every day I'm so grateful. Even when I'm having a crappy day, there's so many things I'm still grateful for. So I really feel like when you have that added, like that gratitude attitude, it kind of just, it changes, it manipulates the world around you in this like fantastic way. And that's kind of where I'm at. So for me, I tell people like, it's all, it's all in here. It really is like this, this right here is so powerful so powerful. And I think that's what I worked on the most during COVID. And because of that, like, I feel like I'm in just an incredible place. Like sometimes I have to allow myself to sit in that really good place. Cause I'm sure you're like most people where when everything's going really well, you always think this is too good to be true. Something bad's going to happen. So you're always like anticipating that. And so then you're not allowing yourself to be present in that good moment. And so that's what I've learned that you know what, when everything's really great and everything's going really well, it's okay. Like appreciate it, enjoy it. Like just because everything's great doesn't mean it has something has to go wrong. Like it's funny how we all believe that, right? Like, oh no, the other shoe's going to drop. <laughs> and so then we're like too, we're too focused on that. And so I, I, I now I just focus on, on the present. I think you should uh, live that moment to the fullest and just try to get rid yeah. of all the negative emotions which are bothering you. And be like, it's okay. Like I, I, I've earned the place where I'm at. Like I've worked hard to get here. So why can't I enjoy it? Like what's wrong with that? Like, is that a bad, like we start thinking like, oh, we're so selfish or we're, you know, all these things if, 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 if we're happy in it and no, it's, and I think that's, that's a lot with what's going on in the world today too, is that a lot of us feel like we're not worthy of certain things or deserving of certain things. And we are really are. Yes, yes we <laughs> are for sure. And, uh, yeah, that's really insightful. And, uh, what do you think about this whole, uh, idea of community building moving forward and entrepreneurial opportunities for the youth across the world? especially since there has been a sudden explosion in the number of youth led digital businesses. Yeah, I think we should support it. You know, I know that there are a lot of, um, adults out there, for instance, my, my ex-husband is one of them where he really believes kind of in that still that old school, traditional, you go to college, you go, you get a job, you do all those things. Right. But at the same time, like there's so many kids that that's just not their path. Um, I think that we have to, well, see, that's what that one's difficult too, because I think with social media, you have so many entrepreneurs out there and so many people that are doing their own thing. And then you have the TikTok influencers that a lot of these kids think also that all they have to do is be famous, TikTok famous, or run a business and then they're set for life. And that's not, that's not the truth either. 
Um, I think there's something to be said about having a nine to five job. There's something to be said about having a, a boss, learning how to, you know, work in a team, how to listen to authority, leadership, all of those things. I think, you know, there's there should be a balance um, because I, I feel that there's still value in learning all of those things. And it doesn't mean that it's, you know, there's like a right or wrong, but I feel that we should be supportive of what our, our kids want, but at the same time kind of also be like the reality is, because I think that's another thing too, is that we're like, you can do whatever you want. And, you know, I don't know if you really can do whatever you want. I don't know. Like I said, maybe because I'm at, a, at an age of 46 and I've experienced things a little differently. Who's to say that when you get older and you have kids, you might think differently because you grew up differently. I don't know. It's just, I think it's a balance of, of supporting, but also being real. Um, because that's another thing too, is that if we're so much about like, entrepreneurship, be your own boss. You can be famous. You can do whatever you want. When the kids don't necessarily or are not able to do that, then they feel like they're a failure. How are they going to react when they feel like they failed? And I think that's an issue too, right? Is that a lot of kids don't know what it is to fail or to make a mistake um, because they may may have parents that are really protecting them and you know giving them everything they want and really kind of sheltering them in that way. So it's, um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one just in general. I mean, <laughs> I don't think anything's easy and I don't think anything has like a, a just, you know, a direct answer because everyone's so different, but I feel like because everyone is so different, we do have to honor that too, especially with our kids, you yes, know, exactly. but yeah, but I mean, entrepreneurship, all of that, I mean, they have access to everything. So if anything, they, they pretty much have the opportunity to do whatever they want <laughs> because of it. If you think about it and there's nothing wrong with it, it's just having now the, that the respect too is just giving respect to the process and respect to, to, um, you know, the hard work that it takes. Cause it, it, everything's needs, <sighs> everything's work. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. I think they, they things look too easy sometimes too. Uh, my major takeaway from what you just talked about right now is just do what you love and uh, rest of uh, the other things would follow along and they would fall in their own place. So we don't need to worry about that. We just need to fall in love with the work we do. So yeah, and I don't know. I think we focus too much on certain things and sometimes I feel like you have to just kind of, yeah, follow your heart, trust the process, you know, work hard, be respectful, you know, all those things that I think that if you look back at anybody that's successful has those, they have had, they have a lot of the same traits, you know, like I love listening to, to Warren Buffett. Like he's someone where, you know, the humility of, you know, and the fact that he's, he's talked about his failures and all of those things. And, you know, there's just certain leaders that, um, I just really look up to and, and a lot, and a lot of it's because they are very transparent and vulnerable about where they've gotten to. And they still, I mean, yeah, Warren Buffett, he's still, he's what in his eighties yeah. and the way he just speaks and respects others and just, he's, 
he's amazing. <laughs> you know, those are, those are the type of people that I look up to. It's not the ones that are, you know, flying around in a private jet and, you know, with the fancy cars and the vacations and living life, you know, like it's, you know, perfect that, that to me, I don't, that I don't resonate with that. I'm more about kind of that person that the understands that, that it is, that it is a lot of work and time and energy, you know, and that's right. I tell people, that's why I remind people with my LinkedIn that I've been on it for eight years because people are so quick to be like, wow, you just blew up on the scene. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like those musicians and those actors where a lot of times they think that like, even yesterday I was watching a documentary um, on Alanis Morissette. And, you know, when she came out with Jagged Little uh, Pill, everyone thought like she had just came on the scene. Like she was on a bunch of stuff before that she had record deals before that she was doing a lot. She just, that was the first time it was like her, but it's, it's, it happens a lot of times where people think like, where'd this person come from? It's like, no, this person's been like, you know, working their way up to, to, to where they're at right now. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's kind of a, I, I like to remind people that it just didn't happen overnight. That's awesome. And how did you uh, go about building this entire community uh, around rock vision so what was what was basically the thought process behind it and how did you execute it um well i mean jason's the the you know mastermind behind xxo connect which is the adult version and that was where he thought like i need you know community and connection and self love and self first and he thought you know i want have an i want an extension of it for kids so then that's when he came to me and said hey i want you to kind of be the 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 one that that starts the, the youth social networks. So that's what we came up with rock vision. And once again, because I already had a community of people, I just, all I had to do was call, you know, like the first person I called up was Justin Guarini from American Idol, you know, diet, Dr. Pepper, cause he and I had built a friendship and I knew the value that he would bring to these kids. So I called him up and said, Hey, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to do interactive chat rooms with these kids, but I want it to be inspiring. And I think you'd be fantastic. And he's like, sign me up. When, when do you need me to do this? And he was a, like, so it was him. And then I did, you know, and then Kyle Green, who's really big, um, has a great brand as well. Motivational speaker, Rob Howes. Like I literally just picked up the phone and called these people and everybody was like, yeah, we want to give back. Cause I feel like, you know, at our age, we're at a point where we want to give back for sure. And what better way to do it than to give back to our youth and, and, you know, share with our experiences and our knowledge and, and our insight um, to help them. And so that's where it all came about was just my, my own community and just asking them for help. And everyone was so fantastic. Um, you know, right now we have put it on hold a little bit, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to, you know, still continue to move forward because I'll be honest, I'm super transparent about things. It's really difficult to have kids get off of TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, and go over to a platform that's going to, you know, inspire, impact, and motivate and be the opposite of essentially what they're so used to. That's not easy. It's not easy to do. I mean, I, I was on a call several months ago with a woman that has a platform as well. And it's teens mentoring teens. And she and I were talking about the same thing is that we want to market to these kids. And the way we have to do it is through TikTok and Instagram, but we're trying to get them off of those platforms to come on our platform, you know, and, and every parent, every parent loves what we're doing, right? Every parent's like, this is great. I want my child on this platform. This is what it's like, what I want my kid to experience is, you know, 
connection and community and, and forget about all the other stuff. But, you know, when a child, when a parent tells, you know, their kid, hey, I would love for you to hang out on Rock Vision, what are the first thing they're going to say is uh, no, because you just told me you want to. Um, so that's hard. It's, that's, that's a tough one. And I think that's where we're trying to figure out, you know, how, how to, how to market it and advertise it and brand it because it's, it, it's, it's difficult to get kids attention these days. It really is, you know, I mean, that's why TikTok is so popular because it's so quick and you just scroll. It, I mean, it used to be popular in India, but then it got banned. So we have alternative versions of. Guys, yeah, no. And, and here, let me tell you, my kids, they're on freaking TikTok all day long. Even my ex-husband. Yesterday I was over there and he started saying something. He's like, oh yeah, I'm TikTok this video. I go, are you, wait, you scroll through TikTok? He's like, yeah, I don't. I have a TikTok account, but I rarely ever go on there and just scroll through. Like, I don't know what it is. I just, I can't handle it. <laughs> I'll do that on Instagram. <laughs> you know, yeah, like nowadays I, we have Instagram reels, which yeah, is quite well, similar to more Instagram reels. Cause I do see, you know, the algorithms that you do get a little bit more views on that. So yeah, there, I mean, there's still certain, certain things that, you know, someone that's trying to get their brand out there and get their name out there for the purpose of rock the boat and rock vision. You know, I do have to do certain things that, um, that makes sense obviously, but I also don't, I'm not a prisoner to it, you know, like, <laughs> cause some people I mean, you shouldn't be one, you huh? shouldn't be one, you shouldn't be one to social no, media. But there are some people that are a prisoner to it. And the fact where they're like, you know, even when link with LinkedIn, you know, like at one point in time, all the algorithms wanted you to do polls. So everybody was yeah. doing polls. I never, I've yet to ever post a poll. Why? Because I was like, it's not part of my brand. It's not who I am. And I don't want to do it just because everybody else is doing it. And because the algorithm wants you to do it, right? Like I still have to feel like I have somewhat of integrity to my brand and who I am. So I never did polls. I never did sliders. That wasn't my thing either. Um, so yeah, there's certain things where I were, I'm just not going to do it because it's just not me. And that's what I tell people all the time too. Like you got to also honor like who you are and not just do what everybody else is doing or what, you know, the, the social media platform algorithms are telling you to do. <laughs> that's when you're a prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, that's really awesome. Now, uh, you know, coming on to the rapid fire round of the show and this is something rapid which I, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually something which we started doing quite recently. Let me know if you're ready okay. and we'll start with it. Okay. I guess I'm ready. I mean, it's now or never. <laughs> <laughs> Do or die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, here comes the first question. Uh, so three superpowers, which set you apart from the rest. Hmm. Okay. I think my first one would be making, um, having pe people feel comfortable with me. Like, I feel like I kind of, people can be like who they are around me. I feel like that's a good superpower. Um, the second is I, I like that I make people laugh and, and smile. Like, I feel like that's another one. And then my third superpower, um, I think is just being me. Like most, you know, I feel like that's the fact that I can truly be who I am. That's pretty, that's pretty powerful. 
That's awesome. And one person who inspires you the most and why? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, it's, it's a good one and it's a tough one for me. I'll be honest because I don't, I don't look up to that many people. That sounds awful. Um, you know what? I think, you know, right now who inspires me is my daughter, my 17 year old. Like she, yeah, like lately she's been inspiring me a lot. So I'll say my, my 17 year old daughter, which she'll probably barf when she hears this, but <laughs> she'll be like, <laughs> that, that's really great. And what would be that one advice, which you would like to give to your younger self? Oh, to my younger self. You know what? I think it would, it, it would be just to, to listen to your inner voice. I was so quick to listen to what everybody else thought and what everybody else believed I should do. I was always looking to everybody else to tell me the answer. And, um, I would have told myself like I, the answer was always there within. And I feel like with a lot of people, that's the same thing. There's so, so many people that are looking outside for the answer and looking to others for the answer. When I feel like if you just quieted the outside noise and just listened to your inner voice, the answer's there. That's incredible. And this is the last one. And okay. would you, would you rather empower people through social media or by traveling the world? Ooh, definitely by traveling the world. Hands down. Even though we are in the social media space, why, yes, why, I love what makes travel. you say that? Because I actually want to visit and see different cultures. Like I grew up bicultural. My mom's Mexican. I grew up going to Mexico twice a year, every summer, every winter, um, all the holidays. And for me, there's, it's, that's when people's minds open up is when you visit other cultures and you experience other cultures like social media, you don't get that. You, you don't get that through pictures. And I think the more people travel and the more people interact with other people in other cultures, I think our world would be a much kinder and loving place. I truly believe that. That's awesome. And it was a pretty incredible round Raquel. And I'm sure you must be having some amazing plans for the future for yourself for rock vision. So do you mind sharing some of those? And also, do you have any book recommendations or podcast recommendations for our listeners? Ooh. Um, so like I said before, I kind of in that place where I'm just trusting the process, just calling, following my heart. So I'm taking everything day by day. So I don't have too much of like where, where I see my future. I do kind of see it where I would love to see myself speaking to hundreds and hundreds of, of, of kids or teens or being someone that's a speaker that's out there sharing my story. Um, I would like to see that at some point. Um, and yeah, just continuing to work with our kids. And as far as books and podcasts, so my favorite podcast right now is Smartless. I love to laugh and it's, um, it's, it's incredible. It's with uh, the three actors, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes. And they've interviewed everyone that you can think of, every celebrity, every like, you know, just top figure. But they do it in a way that is just so funny and you just learn so much. And for me, that's my favorite because I'm not a big podcast listener. I'll be honest. I'm a visual person. Um, so Smartless is my favorite. And then as far as books, I'm kind of all over the place with books. Um, right now, I'm reading The Biology of Belief. 
I do I like a lot of astrophysics and I like kind of scientific stuff and spiritual. And so with the biology, biology of belief, it's with uh, Bruce Lipton and he talks about how he's a biologist and how we all believed everything was genetic. And he talks about the power of belief and how you can, how your mind can truly manipulate um, your cells. And so when people say like, oh, I'm destined for this because my parents, it's like, no, you're not actually, you know? So I, I think it's a, it's a great book. It's a difficult read because it is very sciencey. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was trying to think like other, I don't know. I can't think on the top of my head. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. So thank you so much for those awesome podcast and book recommendations. And, uh, you know, we generally ask our guests to leave us and our listeners with some suggestions or parting advice. So would you like to share any words of wisdom for people across the globe and especially for youth who are, you know, willing to make their mark in the world? Um, especially for our youth, um, uh, just to have, there's still have hope and, you know, just faith that everything's, we're going to be fine. <laughs> we just have to exercise kindness, empathy, non-judgment, just try to, just to be a good human being. And we all know how to be a good human being at the end of the day. We really do. Right. Um, so I think that's like, we've just focused too much on things that really don't matter. And I feel like we have to get back to the basics of focusing on, on the everyday kindness, respect, humility. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> you know, stripping it down, <laughs> just keeping it simple. Uh, that's, that's really awesome. And that's really valuable advice. And, you know, before we leave the virtual studio today, I would also love to share a parting advice for all the listeners, which is a quote by Mahatma Gandhi. And he says, be the change you want to see in the world. And I will leave you all with that for this time. So thanks a lot, Raquel. It was super inspiring mm -hmm. to have you on the show today. And I personally got to learn a lot from our conversation. Thanks so much for taking out the time for being here. And I wish you the best. Thank you. I wish you the best as well. <laughs>